Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a weekly podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman, with ski season just around the corner. There's a lot of excitement building around the Red Mountain Ski Resort as they prepare for the opening of a new ski in and ski out hotel. So we're going to learn about that in about 10 minutes time. And then later in the podcast, we'll head to the beautiful Caribbean island of St. Kitts. But first, we're going to get some ideas on what kind of travel bags work best when we're heading out on vacation. So to help us out with that, we're joined by our good friend, Jim Broadhead of Pipestone Travel Store. Hey, Jim. Hi, Randy. Uh, we're going to talk about, so you call them day bags, but I'm looking on your website and there's a whole assortment here. I'm going to call them travel bags because sure. uh, <laughs> there's all kinds of things you can use them for. When I think day bag, I think, you know, the kind of bag you get at a, at a grocery store and you put it <laughs> slinging over your shoulder. Yeah. This is not what we're talking about here. So explain no, further, please. Yeah. yeah, well, day bags is sort of the term that was given to them because people use them just for odd days on their trip. They mm-hmm. might not use them the whole time. So <clears throat> with uh, people really spend a lot of time trying to get the right bag. Yeah. And everybody has different scenarios of what you're looking for. Some people want a backpack one. Some want one that'll go over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. They can marry, maybe wear a crossbody, but they spend a whole lot of time trying to find that perfect bag. But the important thing to remember is that you don't take or don't use as much stuff on vacation as that you have in your bag at home. Mm-hmm. So, and generally, I always tell people, the bigger the bag, the more you're going to carry, <clears throat> the more you'll put into it. And at the end of the day, you're really going to be hating yourself. Because <laughs> it gets heavier and heavier. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. as, as you know, when you're on holidays, you pick up this, you pick up that. Yeah. And you stuff it into your bag. You might have a lunch or whatever and pop it in there. And it really gets pretty onerous after a little while. Mm-hmm. So some of the things people are looking for uh, pretty common are security features and uh, you know, some people want uh, locking zippers. Some mm-hmm. want the RFID protective compartments. Um, you know, cut proof and slash proof and all those sorts of things. They're all sort of made right into uh, various brands of bags these days. Mm-hmm. So when you say cut proof, um, basically what it is, it's a little mesh lining. <clears throat> uh, it's a wire mesh lining that goes in between the pieces of material on the bag. So they can't be cut with a razor or anything like that. So it gives you a lot of security that way on crowd- in crowded areas like a subway or um, it could be at a, a fairground or something like that where they're in crowded are, are pretty close though. You can't get any of that. Mm-hmm. And then on the strap that goes over your shoulders, they have wires in there because you know a lot of us have heard stories of how uh, bags have been cut. You know, somebody will drive by or walk bag yeah. by, cut the strap, and run off with your bag. Well, with these pieces of wire in there, they can't do that. <clears throat> so the bag itself might get a little torn, but at least you'll have all your, your security with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, can these be used as like a carry-on on an airplane or something like that as well? I'm thinking of all the metal that's going to set off. All the metal detectors or anything. Well, like well, that. the metal detectors. You know, we all your bags not have to go on the conveyor belt anyway. Yeah, true. So you know that goes through there, goes through the the, screen, the um, X-ray parts. So mm. it's not like you're walking through one of those uh, things with a zipper on your pants or something sets the alarm off. So it's none of that because you don't have any of that stuff with you. Mm-hmm. So then that's just part of. They see that it's a mesh there, and it's not a, not never been a big deal. Um, so. For you know, other things that people need to think about when they're buying their bags, determine the use. Or do, do they want to use it as carry-on, like part of their luggage allowance? Yeah. Because some people will do that. Uh-huh. Other people will just pack it in their suitcase and know that they will use it once they get to their destination. Yeah. You know, and then there's different kinds. Like there's a backpack style, like you'd have a or a sling bag. You can get a one strap or a two strap. Um, some people don't like carrying 
wear it a backpack style because they feel that their arms are too constricted. They can't get to it quick enough, mm-hmm. a number of different reasons. Whereas a swing bag is just over one shoulder, so they can access it pretty completely. Yeah. Pretty easily. So <laughs> I, I'm looking on your website, again, pipestonetravelstore.com, under the section of day bags and purses and so on. So is this the packable things that you're talking about? There's a packable day pack and a packable tote. So you would pack these in your in your check bag and then use them later, as you were mentioning, right? Yeah, that, and that's, that's, the, that's the second style of bags. I mean, we have one that just looked like a purse you might use at home or a day bag you might use here. But then we have the packable ones because lots of times people will get somewhere mm-hmm. and they'll buy some little treasure they want to bring home, but they don't necessarily want to put it into their check baggage coming home. Yeah. So these little bags here, they fold up into a little, you know, but they're about a six-inch square by two-inch deep uh, little pouch. And so you can take this stuff out of there. Uh, undo this bag and then put your product in there and then actually carry it on the aircraft with you so that way it's more secure. You can protect it. Uh-huh. Well, that's, that comes great when you know that uh, you're going to some places where you're going to do some shopping or something like mm-hmm. that and you know you're bringing back stuff, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, what about the little bags now, the ones that kind of go around your waist or like little like the wallet size or the, or the money belts? Yeah, so the money belts, I mean, they're great for a number of different things, obviously for carrying money in them, but people... Uh, sometimes don't like to leave their passports at the hotel. They want to keep them with them. Mm-hmm. Or if they do leave them at the hotel, they want to have a copy of it yes. with them as well. So when they're traveling around, they, they've got some form of identification. If something ever happens and they get caught up in something and they have to prove, you know, sort of their citizenship or that sort of thing. So, yeah, exactly. Um, those ones go around the neck. We have ones that go around, uh, sorry, ones around your neck, some around your waist. And some of them are a little bit larger than others. So if you're carrying for more than one person, you can put their product in there as well, so that way everybody doesn't have to be carrying this stuff all around. Mm-hmm. So, well, and they're they're pretty good. I mean, they have uh, we have ones that have the RFID protection, and they uh, we also have a, a model that has the cut proof slash proof strap on that as well. And then ones that are a little bit lighter, uh, we have ones made out of silk and some made out of a, 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 a synthetic material as well. So depending on what people's uh, preferences, if they want a more natural material, we have that covered. If they don't mind a synthetic, we have that as well. Nice. And can you order off your website? We can, yeah. And that website is pipestonetravelstore.com. Jim Broadhead with Pipestone Travel Store. Always a, a pleasure to chat. I always learn so much when I chat with you. So. Well, thanks, Randy. <laughs> thanks, Jim. Well, the Red Mountain Ski Resort is getting set for another ski season in a few months or weeks, depending on how much snow they get. They're also preparing for the opening of a new ski-in, ski-out hotel. It's called the Josie, and it's opening up November 28th. So to tell us more about it is the general manager of the Josie Hotel, Mark Bell. The website is thejosie.com. Hi, Mark. Morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Now, it must be pretty exciting uh, opening up a brand new hotel. Is this brand new from the ground up? Yes, it is. We are set to open November 28th, and it is uh, 100% brand new. Wow, that must be very exciting. Is this the first time you've opened up a brand new hotel like this? Uh, No, it is not, actually. This is, I believe, my fifth time. Uh, I was bitten by the opening bug many years ago when I was part of the opening team for the Rimrock Resort Hotel in Banff. Oh, nice. And I was on a number of projects since then. Uh, some boutique properties, mostly resorts, uh, and love every minute of the opening process. Is everything going along the way it should? We don't have to get into a whole bunch of details, but is is, uh, is opening day still opening day? Absolutely. As we speak, all of the furniture 
uh, is being delivered and set up in the rooms. All of the equipment is uh, shipping in. Uh, the kitchen is ready to go. We tested it the other day. The chef is super excited to be in there starting uh, this week once his food arrives to start uh, testing his menu. Uh, so we're on schedule. Perfect. Uh, uh, perfect timing. Well, give me the rundown then on what your guests can expect on opening day and after that. Well, opening day, uh, again, is November 28th, so we're really gearing up for the ski season. Uh, I believe we have about two weeks uh, prior to the resort opening for the season. Uh, typically, they open around the 7th, 8th of December. Uh, so things will be a little bit quiet that first couple of weeks, and then we really uh, ramp up uh, for the Christmas season, which is our prime time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're full into it uh, for the remainder of the ski season. Uh, some activities that we'll be planning are uh, an opening event with some local dignitaries, uh, the owners, of course, uh, our management company representatives, which is the uh, Noble House Hotels and Resorts out of Seattle. Uh, a very localized event. Uh, we'll have um, an open house for the locals, uh, get them uh, in to see the food and beverage operations, see the spa, uh, really have a, a fun afternoon. And then we really start up uh, fairly quickly with um, local business Christmas parties. Well, the whole area must be uh, quite a buzz waiting for opening day, I would think. Yes, it certainly is. They have been super excited about the project, and particularly the food and beverage. Uh, this is really going to be something spectacular for the community. Uh, we know that there's <laughs> pent-up demand, if you will, for this product. Uh, we have an amazing chef and food and beverage team. Uh, all of the, uh, uh, or as much of the products, uh, produce and whatnot as possible is local. Uh, we've made some great relationships with the local providers, businesses. Um, so we're very excited, and so is the community. Mm-hmm. So describe uh, what the hotel is going to be like, some of the rooms. Uh, you mentioned a few of the amenities with uh, food and beverage, but uh, describe us, uh, the hotel itself now. Okay, we are 106 rooms, uh, full restaurants and lounge facilities. We have a uh, function room of uh, 1,500 square feet of banquet space, uh, which also includes a uh, permanent boardroom for 16. Uh, The the property is very upscale boutique. Um, I constantly refer to it as a very sexy hotel. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, (laughs) you would use for a hotel, but it is. Uh, I would say that this hotel would fit right downtown Vancouver or Calgary uh, in a, as a boutique uh, property in a city. Uh, it's not a ski lodge type uh, uh, construction. Mm-hmm. It's modern. Uh, just checking our website, uh, thejosie.com, you can see some of the renderings. Uh, we're using um, a very modern approach, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be a spa uh, coming soon, uh, no later than by summer next season or summer next year. We will have uh, outdoor pool, two hot tubs, um, and in addition to the uh, the restaurants and lounge and banquet space, we have outdoor decks on all of those spaces that uh, uh, accommodates uh, probably close to about 120 people. Uh, summers here in Rossland are amazing. They're they're beautiful. They're warm. And so the deck space will be heavily utilized, I'm sure. It'll be mm. a fun space with uh, fire pits. Uh, also, right off the deck space, 
uh, from the restaurant and lounge. Literally about 50 feet away from us is the uh, uh, base chairlift for Red Mountain Resort. So we are a true ski-in, ski-out hotel. Uh, we are working very closely with our neighbors here at Red to provide a uh, high level of service for uh, skiers, boarders. And as part of that, we have a full-service ski concierge. So uh, we take care of everything. Uh, from the moment you arrive to the moment you depart, we handle all your gear. We make sure that you have your lift tickets. Uh, we can arrange for you to get lessons, uh, high-performance rentals. Uh, you name it, anything ski or board related, we are set to go. Nice. Well, it says on your website too, again, it's thejosie.com. First ski in, ski out boutique hotel built in Canada for over a decade. So I guess you're right about people you know, wanting this type of uh, a product, right? Absolutely. This, this has been uh, a product that has been waited for at Red Mountain for many, many years. Uh, the developers saw the potential as well as uh, the ability to uh, build something in a spectacular place with some of the best skiing that I know of in North America, maybe the world. And, yeah, there's been a long wait to get this product out. Uh, and people are excited, uh, not just from the locals. Uh, we are hearing from... Uh, our markets around the world, Australia, the UK, Europe, uh, particularly the United States, mm -hmm. were an easily accessible destination for people traveling from within the United States coming up through Spokane. Uh, and yes, to your point, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming and people are getting excited. Well, tell me about a little bit about the Red Mountain area and Rosslyn itself. I've never been, so describe the area surrounding the Josie, as it were. Okay, well, the Josie Hotel is sitting at the base of Red Mountain Resort. And anybody that's kind of a hardcore skier will know what Red Mountain Resort is all about. Uh, it's legendary for uh, steep and deep, although it has been uh, tamed somewhat for the families uh, moving forward. But the skiing is, and riding is absolutely phenomenal. And now it's becoming a summer destination as well with some of the best mountain biking that you can imagine. Uh, we're fairly close to uh, the Nelson area with lakes. Uh, Christina Lake is only about a 40-minute drive away. So we're becoming a summer destination as well. Uh, the city of Rossland is very, very small, 3,500 people. It's a true mountain uh, experience. It's, uh, it's original, uh, I guess is what you would call it. It's an original mountain town, although uh, um, called a city. And everybody here is very healthy. There's a lot of people here for the lifestyle, a lot of mountain biking, a lot of hiking, uh, of course, skiing, riding. Uh, road biking is uh, very popular here as well. So this is a very healthy community, uh, and it attracts people of the similar nature that are looking for really great outdoor experiences. And now we're able to provide that in a boutique hotel environment that's going to be very upscale. Mm-hmm. Uh, can people book now? Absolutely. Our website and our booking engine is up and running. Uh, phone calls are being answered. We're taking reservations, uh, certainly. Excellent. Well, that opening day again, November 28th. I'm sure it's going to be an exciting time in Rossland, B.C. and Red Mountain. Uh, Mark Bell is the general manager of the soon-to-be-opened uh, Josie Hotel. Again, the website, thejosie.com. Uh, exciting times for you, Mark. I appreciate your uh, time uh, spending with us. Yes, and thank you very much for having me.
Well, back in my cruise ship days, I was lucky enough to travel to many Caribbean islands, and one of my favorites was always the island of St. Kitts. It has it all, beautiful beaches, the people are so nice, uh, the weather, of course, is always great. So I thought we'd get an update on what's to see and do in St. Kitts. So to help us do that is Jack Widowson. He's the marketing officer in Canada for St. Kitts Tourism Authority. The website is stkittstourism.kn. Hello, Jack. Hi there, Andy. How are you? I'm very well, uh, thank you. Uh, St. Kitts has always been one of my favorite Caribbean islands. Uh, so let's just start uh, giving a bit of a geographical lesson for people that may not know exactly where it is. So in that chain of islands through the Caribbean, where would you find St. Kitts? Yes, yes. No, that's a very good point. St. Kitts is in the eastern Caribbean. It's uh, about four and a half hours from Toronto direct. And it's uh, very close to St. Martin. You can see St. Martin from St. Kitts, uh, Antigua and Barbuda, uh, St. Bart's. You know, we're, we're kind of in that area there. Um, Puerto Rico is about a 40-minute flight away from St. Kitts. So we're, we're in a pretty good group of, of islands right mm-hmm. now. Well, and I think uh, people who've taken an Eastern Caribbean cruise are probably familiar with St. Kitts. It's one of the stops along that chain of islands. And it's, and I, I, well, at least that's the way I always used to think. Uh, when you're there for just a day, you want to go back. So is that the feedback you get from a lot of people that take a cruise there? Exactly. You know, a lot of people, definitely a day is not long enough on the island. They're kind of drawn between what side of the island they should go on. Should they go to the beach? they go to one of the forts. So, yeah, definitely one day on St. Kitts isn't enough. You have to come back. Well, give me an overview. There is a lot to do there. You mentioned a couple of things. Uh, the beach, yes, obviously the beautiful beach is there, but there is a lot to do other than uh, beach activity. So just run down some of the things that people like to do and uh, some of the uh, areas people like to visit. Well, uh, I, I guess, you know, I, I would have to start with the golfing aspect. You know, a lot of people come down to St. Kitts to do golf, and from Canada, we do about 30 golf events each year just to promote golfing here in this marketplace. Uh, so we have about two championship golf courses, and we have two more under construction. Uh, one would be the Royal Sinkers Golf Course across from the Marriott in Frigate Bay. Mm-hmm. So walking distance if you were to stay there. Uh, we have the Four Seasons Course in Nevis. Uh, so you take a, a water taxi over to the island of Nevis. It's an awesome experience. And, and then we would have Iru Fields at the north end of the island, which is going to come on stream sometime very soon. So golfing is a, a big aspect of St. Kitts, and if you're a golfer, this would be your golfing paradise um, <laughs> in two years' time from now when we have all four set up there. Uh-huh. And it's not a big island, is it? Uh, it's pretty easy to get around. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, I would say to, to do an entire... Uh, island tour, it should take you uh, around the main central point of the island. You're looking at about an hour and a half. I'll run down a, a typical tour that uh, people might take uh, to St. Kitts to, to touch the highlights. You mentioned Frigate Bay, which is very, uh, very beautiful. Yeah, you know, um, one, of the, one of the best ways to see St. Kitts, I would say, would be to do something called the Scenic Railway Tour. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if you've had the opportunity while you were visiting St. Kitts to do this one. Uh, but it's a really a unique, unique way to see the island from an open-top chain. Uh, the chain tracks historically were how we would have brought sugarcane from the plantations around to the main facility. And now it's just one of the best ways to see the island. Um, there's also a well-stocked bar that's all-inclusive on the chain. That doesn't hurt either. Um, so I, I definitely encourage people who, who are coming to see 
this unique experience. It's a, a beautiful way of seeing St. Kitts. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned the Wellstock Bar too. That doesn't hurt. But <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, we just chatted with the general manager of a new hotel opening up in uh, Rossland, BC. I understand there's been a few new hotel openings there, and there's some down the road still, right? So there's lots of accommodation options. Absolutely. And, you know, Senka seems to be heading more and more into the kind of the higher end market. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've just opened the new Park Hyatt, which is the first Park Hyatt in the Caribbean. It opened last November. And this property, Randy, if you see it, it's, you know, a five-star property at the southernmost tip of the island on a beach called Banana Bay. Mm-hmm. And it's overlooking the island of Nevis in the background. It's an absolutely amazing property with stunning architecture, amazing restaurants like uh, the Fisherman's Village. And there's a great rum bar there. It's called Fletcher's Bar. It's in what they call the Great House. Uh, you, you can see there's a little bit of a theme here that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sticking with. Uh, but if you're a rum lover, uh, you should definitely put this on your to-do list um, because from Fletcher's Bar, you've got these beautiful vistas of Nevis in the background. It's, yeah, it's definitely a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that, uh, we have coming on stream, the Ritz-Carlton has made an announcement that they'll be building soon. And then at the opposite end of the island, towards the north end, uh, we will be home to a Six Senses resort. And, you know, Six Senses is renowned for their five-star experience. And I would say we're all really excited to see what they're going to come up with. I'm uh, looking on your website, stkitstourism.kn, and there's a section on here called Gone Lime. Am I pronouncing this as Gone Liming? Liming? Don Lyman, yes. You <laughs> what got is it. that? Explain what you that got is. It. That's, yeah, that's, that's kind of our, our unique way of, you know, saying that we're kicking back, you know, taking in the, the, island, the island vibe, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, um, when, when you say you're gone Lyman, that's it. There's no more work being done on the day. You're, you're going out to have a good time with your friends. <laughs> and <So that's, laughs> We like to say, tell your friends that you're gone Lyman. <laughs> and the one thing I remember about St. Kitts, too, is the, is the monkeys would come out and steal your drink and steal your food if you're not uh, watching it properly uh, on the beach. Does that still happen? Yeah, that still happens, Randy. Absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely when you're on the beach, you know, keep a good eye on your drink because you never know. A monkey could just come from out of nowhere and, <laughs> and be gone with it. And they so. literally do. I've seen it. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. In fact, uh, the BBC came a few years ago and, and did a little documentary on the monkey behavior at the beach in St. Kitts. <laughs> so you go on YouTube, type in monkey St. Kitts, you, you'll see it. It'll come up. <laughs> uh, so now, when is a good time to go visit St. Kitts? Uh, the weather is always nice there, and we are in the middle of hurricane season, but it seems to me that St. Kitts uh, doesn't really get bothered too much by storms. Is that true? No, you know, we've been very fortunate, you know, obviously last uh, last time, last year around this time, uh, you know, there was a, a lot of activity with Hurricane Irma and Maria that affected our neighboring islands. But Sinkus was really fortunate uh, last year, you know, we we experienced some, some minor damage, but nothing that kept us out of, out of the fun activities for the rest of the winter season. So mm. we've been very fortunate, um, you know. The best time to come to St. Kitts, like you said, there's, there's never really a bad time. But I would say one of my favorite uh, times to, to visit is in December, and that's around our carnival time. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's, um, you know, our carnival season is a little bit different from the other islands being in December. It kind of brings the carnival flair with the holiday festivities you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a, a really interesting mix and, and, you know, the spirit of the island is really at its best in December, I'd say. And you mentioned you have a lot of golf tournaments. 
Yeah, there's no shortage of tournaments during the, the winter season. Uh, particularly uh, popular ones uh, would be the a couples tournament in November, which is hosted at the Four Seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, definitely a, a fantastic, that's a, a seven-day experience there. Uh, another great one would be the um, the Pro-Am tournament that we do in February, which has a great uh, Super Bowl party that's on the beach. Um, we always get a, a huge crowd, people coming from the States, from the UK and, and Canada as well, to come and experience that tournament. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Name me uh, one uh, food item that I must try when I'm on St. Kitts. It's easy. You've got to get the fried chicken at Vibes on the Strip. Strip is a, it's a series of beach bars in Frigate Bay, uh, so it's it's really convenient um, and there's just you know this great sticky toes in the sand type of area. Um, you can get uh, lobster barbecue, um, you know chicken barbecues. It's that kind of place. It's a really laid back kind of place to to have a beach day or experience some nightlife on the island as well. So. Highly recommend Vibes Beach Bar. Get the the chicken mix, <laughs> and that's where you go to, to. When you say you're gone, Lyman, I guess. That's that's that, exactly. <laughs> so you're catching on. You're, you're you're practically local now. You're gone, Lyman to the strip. That's exactly it. Jack Widowson is the uh, marketing officer in Canada for the Saint Kitts Tourism Authority. SaintKittsTourism.kn is the website uh, where you can find all the information. It is a beautiful island. I appreciate your time, Jack. Thank you. It's a pleasure talking with you today, Randy. Thank you so much. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.